this is a key message of the film and something that most of us may never realize, but would be far more free if we did, that those before us were shaped by how they were treated as children. You're a high achiever. On paper and through the eyes of others, you've made it. Congratulations. But the truth is, you feel unwanted, unworthy, and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders Podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. So get your best hider's face on, sit down, and let your guard down. What's on the other side of this shit will change your life. There are so many ways people like us fuck ourselves over. But let's start with five ways. When you know them, maybe you'll finally stop doing them. Over on my website, you'll find a free download listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at KarenGoldfingerBaker.com. I recently watched Disney Pixar's newest bit of brilliance, Turning Red. The film is ostensibly about a Chinese-Canadian girl named Mylin, who, due to a magic family blessing turned curse, discovers that in her 13th year, she has the power to morph into a huge, fluffy red panda when she is supercharged with emotions. Between us members of the Trauma Hiders Club, I won't share any spoilers, but I will tell you this. The movie is about so much more than that. Turning Red touches on intergenerational trauma, the mother-daughter bond, the relationships one forms outside of the core family, parental pressures, and <gasps> puberty. The first time Mylin morphs into her panda self, her mother assumes she got her period for the first time and follows her daughter to school with every type and every size of sanitary napkin. Are they even still called sanitary napkins? Or are they called pads? Anyway, my Lynn's mother has them all. As I watched the scenes around my Lynn's first periods, I was reminded of a few truths about my own growth journey. It occurred to me that I learned more about calories and healthy lifestyle and exercise and acceptable body types and diets and weight loss and body image and definitions of beauty than I learned about my own changing body, even as my body was transforming from child to woman. I was nearly 14 when I got my first period, and I had witnessed so many of my friends getting their periods. Now, I don't know if this is just the people I hung out with, but as the majority of my friends got their periods, their mothers would pass down some family ritual to them, an actual generational thing from mother to daughter that celebrated their transition from child to woman. I know, right? As I mentioned, I got my first period at 14 and I was at a sleepover at a friend's house. 
I was so excited because, well, finally, it was my turn for all the hoopla, the rite of passage, the secret society, the mother and daughter ritual, excitedly, and with anticipation of an invitation to some type of ceremony, I called my mom to tell her the big news. And I did. Here's how that went. Imagine me calling her. Mom, I have something to tell you. And now this is my mom. If you aren't going to jail or you aren't on your way to the hospital, can it wait? Now this is me. Well, neither of those things are happening, but something really big is happening. Mom, I got my period. And with a big smile, I waited to be anointed with sparkles and oil and the sweat and saliva of Peter Frampton as we both had obviously just come alive. And I repeated, mom, I got my period. To which my mom replied, what do you want me to do about it? Cue the sad trombone. Meanwhile, back to my Lynn and turning red. How liberating to be so bold as to bring menstruation to the forefront in such a frank way, without shame, without a cute sidekick toucan named after a feminine hygiene product like Tampax, the toucan. The relationship between Mylin and her mother is at the heart of turning red, and you don't have to dig too deeply to see the impact of intergenerational trauma. Mylin's mother, Ming, is slow to see her daughter as a whole growing, flourishing person, and instead she smothers her with the heaviness of high cultural standards. As a result, Mylin chooses to hide her very real interests and colorful personality. Ultimately, we learn that Mylin's mother had to do the same with her own mother. Mylin sees that her own mother is shaped by the way she was raised, just as we all are. This is a key message of the film and something that most of us may never realize, but would be far more free if we did, that those before us were shaped by how they were treated as children. Something I really love about Turning Red is witnessing Mylin taking control of her identity and choosing to include all parts of herself. She doesn't cut off the messy and loud red panda parts. She doesn't acquiesce to perfection or the expectations of her mother that are impossible for her to meet. My Lynn embraces all of her parts. I love that she excels at science and math, that she surrounds herself with a diverse group of friends with various personalities and body types. And even that the mean shitheads in the film can be softened to be sweet and relatable. Turning Red has so much for today's kids. And if you want to give your inner child some safe, kind, generous, meaningful love, grab a pad, hug a panda, create a ritual, and give it a chance. You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, discover the rules of Trauma Club. Head over to KarenGoldfingerBaker.com.